Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Stories of their demise are greatly exaggerated, ladies and gentlemen. We thought the gopher football season was over, but it turns out we might just get a little bit more. Good morning. Time for the huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian, Charlie, uh, not Charlie Weiss, Josh Wheeler today in for Charlie Weiss. Good to have you with us, Josh. Uh, the gopher football team loses to Wisconsin yesterday. They finished the season two games below 500. But last night in really what is the butterfly effect of college sports, somehow, some way, the Gophers will go to a bowl game now two games below 500. Oh, Pete, yeah. let's start with the game yesterday against yeah. Wisconsin, which – Really, to me, solidified at least where I feel Ethan Kaliak Manis is. But we talk about the quarterback position a lot. What did you walk away with? You were at the game yesterday, correct? Yeah, cold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what we did. Uh, I, I, as much as everybody wants to put it on Kaliak Manis, um, and there are games where certainly he didn't play well. But I would say this: uh, this was old-fashioned Wisconsin football. I think they've embraced it. They haven't fully committed to a quarterback like we, you know, like every team seems to want to do. And it was the Braylon Allen game. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've watched this kid for a couple of years now. He's a great running back, does an outstanding job. I think the quarterback actually as a dual threat, he's not a huge threat as a thrower. Let's be, <laughs> let's yeah, make right. that. Yeah. Let's make that clear. That being said, you know, Dave, the kid had almost 70 yards. He averaged a little over seven yards, almost eight yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, and when you've got that kind of an offense coming at you, you've got to figure out how to get off, you know, stop them for those three downs and not let those drives just continue to just grind the clock. And that's, that is Wisconsin football. It's what they've been. It continues to be. And we didn't have an answer for it. We actually were a little bit healthier. Uh, you know, Cody Lindenberg, I think is a heck of a linebacker. He did a, did a great job yesterday. Good big linebacker out of Anoka, Minnesota, does a great job for the Gophers when he's been on the field, which it, it, it just hasn't been enough. But the the biggest criticism I would have if I'm going to go towards the quarterback, and I'm not, I'm, I know he's a young man, so I'm not going anywhere negative. Yep. But you can't have favorites on the field, and and what I mean by that is why is Jan Daniel Jackson the only guy we can throw the ball to? Correct. I think that. That's one of the problems that we face. You know, Marvis, I, I, I took a look at this because I wanted to just see, okay, in the biggest game that they've got, but also the entire season, Marvin Harrison from Ohio State, one of the great uh, – is, is there anybody else as good as him this year as a receiver? No, I don't think so. not in so. college football. I don't think Right. He gets the ball 25% of the time. That's a pretty nice chunk, but he's the best in football right now as a wide receiver. Daniel Jackson, they, they target or throw him the ball 40% of the time. Wow. So I, I just went through those numbers because I, I just wondered, what is it? What, it? what is it about what we're doing as a team? And I've said it all year, give Kaliak Manis a chance. And I don't think we do. I don't think we get him out of the pocket enough. I don't think we give him 
the ability to have those short passes to running backs. You know, yesterday was a great example of that too with the Wisconsin quarterback did a really nice job with that. He threw Braylon Allen the ball three times. He caught it three times, I should say. Mm -hmm. So they distributed it to seven different receivers. He's thrown it to running backs. And what do we do? We throw to Daniel Jackson, which is great, except for he's the only guy we seem to want to throw the ball to. And, And I think that in lies a lot of, we talk about, the plays and and during the game, should they go it on fourth down? Should they do this? Should they do that? I think it goes all the way back to fundamentally give your quarterback a chance. And I don't think we do that. And I, uh, whoever the play caller is, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's where my criticism would go because Kelly McManus can throw the ball, but he's got to get his confidence back. He had no com- That guy just doesn't look like a guy who feels like he's going to make the right decision. And that goes all the way back starting at Northwestern and all the way through the rest of the year. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I thought it started too is, is with Northwestern. They they stopped giving him the chances to really get comfortable, and you and I have talked about this a lot, that it's it's those fourth and short, third and short, fourth and short mainly opportunities that they didn't give him. And unfortunately, by the end of the season, by the time you get to the Wisconsin game, you leave yourself no choice because – at that point, what's done is done, right? Kaliak Manis is not going to get a season's full of confidence back in, in one half, and I think they had no choice at that point. I think you're right. He locks in. He locked in on Daniel Jackson, who, for, for what it's worth, was an absolute uh, primetime player. You know, yeah. I mean, w- when a couple of those catches he made in the second half where he had to go way up there to get them, I mean, they were just great. They were incredible plays. He, he is a very, very talented wide receiver. Where, what really bothered me, Pete, and I was looking up some numbers as well, because I, I got done with the game yesterday, and I remember thinking at halftime, okay, here we go. It's close or tied. What's going to happen? What adjustments are going to be made? And I went back and I looked at second-half football this year for the Gophers. They were outscored in the second half this year 143-104. to 104. That's a massive amount, and you've said this a number of times, and I'll quote you because you know way more about football than I ever will, (laughs) which is that comes back to coaching, right? You're you're not making the adjustments that are needed in the second half to close out games, and we saw it a bunch this year. And again, I'll keep banging this drum. The team's five and seven. They very could have been four and eight, uh, other than one little uh, you know technicality at Iowa. And then they would have lost to Wisconsin and Iowa in the same year. And they lost to Illinois. So, to me, the biggest change in this team next year, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the next segment, that has to change is depth. You have to add some depth at different positions. And you have to give your players a chance to play. You have to let them make the plays to gain the confidence. Because what happens is, and this has happened a lot now, with, especially with quarterbacks, when you think back to Tanner Morgan, uh, they just don't give them the opportunity to get comfortable. Tanner Morgan was, it, I, to me, when I look back now, I see just the brilliance that he was. Now, I'm not going to call him, he, he was not an NFL prospect, he wasn't amazing. But he never actually lost his confidence despite what happened. He kept slinging it and kept managing the game as if they wanted. The problem with Kalik Manis now is he's a young kid and he just doesn't have he doesn't have that that swagger that he needed that he never got near the season uh, during the season. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big issue, and I think it's going to be an issue going forward unless you can fix that. And I don't know how you fix it without playing games, Pete. How do you get a guy's confidence up without actually seeing live competition? 
Yeah, no, that you make a really good point about that. That's why I think even though we may think this, this bowl game is ridiculous, yep. uh, it gives the coaches that much more time to try to figure things sure. out. But they, they haven't figured them out all year. And like you just said, and some of the numbers you put up, I, I had no idea they were that bad. But it shows you that we are getting out coached by the time we start the game, but as well at halftime as with we the adjustments. On. We're yep. getting out coached. Now, I'm not pointing the finger at, at, at necessarily right at the head coach. I'm just pointing the finger at somebody isn't doing something right, whether it's on right. the offensive side, defensive side, both sides, whatever it is. They aren't executing because you're not getting better when you go into the second half. You're getting worse and worse at a very bad uh, momentum sort of a way to the downside. So I... I you know what, when I, when I watch Kelly McManus and I've, I've been the guy, I was in his corner all year. And my reasoning was, I love the way the ball comes off his hand. I think he actually has the talent there. But as we've said, when you don't have confidence, all of that good, it gets flushed. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where you just can't do it. We see it at the pro level, right? I mean, this is not just a, a high school, college type thing. You got, you see pros out there that all of a sudden they just don't have it. Kenny Pickett, great guy at Pittsburgh, and now he's with the Steelers in Pittsburgh. But he just doesn't have that confidence, and that's the problem that he runs into. Well, you got to give Cali McManus a chance to get rid of the ball and get rid of the ball quick. Make the reads, and that's something. And Charlie brought it up to us yesterday, but and he's exactly right. Yep. He unfortunately goes through no progression, which yeah. is why the ball oftentimes is going to Daniel, Daniel Jackson, Jackson because he, he's not going through any – he's just going to whatever the play was. That first guy, that guy gets the ball, and that's it. And that's, that's part of the problem, and that's something I think that the coaches have got to work with him on. And get rid of the ball in two and a half seconds, three seconds. He gets hit all the time. I'm going to give you later on a, a, a stat about one of the quarterbacks that I think should win the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. and – why, did, why should he win it? Because he gets rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds, and he's been sacked five times despite the fact that he throws the ball five, 400 times this year. So gives you a little bit of an idea yeah, right. of you get rid of the ball, and it gives you that confidence, and that's not something we're doing at Minnesota. So at five and seven, the Gophers will be going to a bowl game. It looks like thanks to. Did you see the end of the Hawaii game last night? <laughs> yeah. They 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 mess up a, a a timeout or something happens. Whatever it is, they don't call the right play. The guy doesn't get out of bounds. They run up there and they have to make a fifty plus yard field goal to win, which is what happens at about one thirty in the morning, <laughs> uh, and that sends the Gophers into a bowl game because of all things. And and I have to be honest, I love it. They're academics. The acad- their, their grades are what eventually get them in to a bowl game. So they're going to accept a bowl game. P.J. Flex said this afterwards yesterday. Of course they're going to accept a bowl game, right? They're, they're, there's no reason not to. It would be silly to not accept it. You get extra, there are contract bonuses involved with, with you and your coaches. There is amazing pa- practice, amount of practice time extra that you can get, which mm-hmm. is very important. And, and it's just it's another – a chance for some revenue for for the team in the school. So there's there's really no downside to it. But I understand he's going to accept it. But as fans, do you think they should accept it? Now, we know that they will, but do you think they should? And I'm asking this of the Cities 1 Plumbing Talk and Text Line this morning. Cities 1 Plumbing Talk and Text Line 651-461-9226. The Gophers will accept the bowl game, but should they? We'll talk about that and take your calls and texts coming up next. You're listening to CCO. I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> One of the most exciting games all year. 
<laughs> the Quick Lane Bowl. We'll see. We'll find out later today. Uh, let's go to the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. Got a few guys and uh, folks on hold here. Assuming we're going to talk go for football and whether you want to go to a bowl game, let's go to Steve first. Steve, uh, we, we again, we've established the go for football team will accept a bowl bid, but should they in a perfect world? Oh, well, certainly not in a perfect world, but you get your 15 practices. I mean, is it borderline embarrassing if you're five and seven? It, it, it's more it's more embarrassing to the bowl system because there's too many bowls. Thank you. Many of them are meaningless, but the 15, 15 practices are are important. From Most a developmental of them are meaningless. That, <laughs> Go ahead. Certainly. That being said, Pete, you can't hide your quarterback in college football. Now, mm-hmm. arm strength and accuracy over time typically don't change. The good news is the kid's got a strong arm. The bad news is, I mean, he needs to be at Manning camp for about three years. But here's the ultimate question for Pete, Sunshine Pete. Has P.J. Fleck hit his ceiling at Minnesota, given Oregon, Washington, and the two SoCal teams are coming in? you got Penn State. Iowa just went 10-2. and two. I mean, come on. You've got Ohio State and Michigan. Has he reached his ceiling? And if so, are fans willing to accept six to nine wins? And you can get to nine wins by playing three cupcakes than winning six conference games. But my guess is he has. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, and, and Dave, I recognize your voice. You always have really good, intelligent things to say, in my opinion. And I think you and I went through it, and I had the Gophers at 6-6, six and six, so I apologize. I you did. I, I had them at 7-5. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but all that being said, you know, it, it's, it, is, it is interesting. Um, and when we get those Pac-12 teams in here, uh, it is going to be that much more competitive. And it's going to make it – there aren't – there is nobody out there in the Big Ten – in the not too distant future that that doesn't look like they could be intimidating enough to beat us. So I think we are in a spot where we've got to make some decisions on how are we going to get to the, to the level where we're even competing at the 500 level. Um, and I'm not saying that with a, with a negative tone. I'm just saying when you look around, Northwestern got better throughout the year. Nebraska got better throughout the year. Wisconsin was kind of like we were. They were, they were sort of that middle of the road. Um, and I don't know whether we got better or not. Uh, and Wisconsin, same thing, quite honestly. But Wisconsin did beat us. But let's, let's be honest. That was a team that, that kind of was around in the same, same spot as we were. But it's a brand-new coach, yep. and so he's got a little bit of leniency. I, I don't know if I see that nine wins in front of us because of the fact of what Dave just said right there. And, and, and Dave Schwartz, what do you think? Because I think the reality is when you look at, look at how we are structured as a Big Ten and, and, and how it's going to be pieced together with these Pac-12 teams, mm-hmm. there are no cupcakes. There, there, there yeah. are no cupcakes. Here's the thing. As you're talking about all this, and Steve, thanks for the call. As you're talking about this, all this with with these Pac-12 teams coming in, the first thing I thought about is how different Pac-12 football is from Big Ten football. Yeah, there, There's so much more passing and skill work. And to me, that's going to re- – the Gophers are going to have – Minnesota's going to have to either change the way they play football or I don't really know how – You know, th- this may be worse than mediocrity for quite a while here uh, because, you know, trying to run it up the gut for 87% of the time or whatever it is does not work in the Pac-12. It doesn't. And those teams are coming in here. Uh, So that should be, if nothing else, they're going to really have to reevaluate, I think, 
offenses and defenses uh, immediately here when these teams join. Let's go back to the phone lines here. We have Terry on the Cities One Plumbing Talking text line, 651-461-9226. Steve actually made, I think, asked the question better than I did, so I'm going to borrow Steve's. Is it embarrassing for the Gophers to go to a bowl game at 5-7? and Good morning, Terry. Yes, thanks for taking my call. I had the privilege to meet Pete's dad when I was in dental school with Dr. Gordon. I'm so grateful. I'd like to meet you. Mike, I followed them as best I could and also Wisconsin. Number one, except for Daniel Jackson and Lamech Trockington, none of our receivers, including the big stiff Span Ford, can separate. So the quarterback's stuck. It's it, it's it, it's a they can't recruit receivers. The last four years, nothing. In the fifth year, already 2024 is already in cement. So the only solution is clean out the athletics director, clean out the football coach, and merge a new team with the Gophers, just like Luke Fickle did at Wisconsin. So you Thanks want to get taking- you want to Terry? You want a clean house? Is that what you're saying? I think in due time, when we get the uh, buyout down to to a reasonable price, yes, because black is just like you said. That the thing that stuck out with me also was we can't finish our uh, our, our uh, going towards the goal line. We get mm-hmm. our, our drives. We can't finish the drives, just like Pete said. And uh, it's there's weaknesses in the offensive line, but the wide receivers are they can't separate. So I feel, uh, and I realize the quarterback's got problems that can't be solved. The inaccuracy, throwing the ball a false miles an hour over the receiver, behind the receiver. It, I follow them all these years in Wisconsin's real deal. They've get get this. They've got nine four-star recruits mm-hmm. coming up in 2024. We've got two. We got this. Coy Perich from uh, uh, Esco, Minnesota, who will probably go to uh, Ohio State unless he's crazy. And the other guy is a top four-star tackle from Wisconsin who uh, hopefully will stick with us. And there was a guy – thank you, Terry, for the phone call. There was a gentleman whose name I'm going to forget. I thought his name was Corey. One of the wide receivers decommitted yesterday during the game. Did you see that, Pete? I did. I did. Yeah. That was disappointing. Um, not not a, not a good not a good look when one of your I mean granted he was only a three star recruit his name is escaping me right now but I I saw it last night and then I I saw the time of his tweet which is I don't know if that was on purposely fully timed at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday uh, in which the Gophers were about to lose to Wisconsin or if it just happened to to do it that way so thank you for the calls. Um, Really quick before we head to break, got a couple of uh, questions, got answers here to our question of: uh, should, Is it embarrassing for the Gophers to go to a five and uh, go to a bowl game at five and seven? Um, no, they shouldn't go. Someone says to the city's on Palmetto Talking Text Line, they shouldn't go. They didn't prove that they're worthy. Uh, Gophers should accept the bowl game as the players benefit from the game, but Flex should give the University of Minnesota five million dollar rebate uh, for the bowl for boisterously promising a BCF BCS competitive program seven years ago while uh, delivering very little. And my favorite, I think they should go for no other reason than to have one more sports huddle where everyone agrees, P.J. Fleck can't coach. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I will say this. I'm not pointing the finger directly at P.J., although, you know, when you're the head coach, everything is your responsibility. And he says that all the time. You know, I I respect him for that, but I agree with you. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's play calling. It's a lot of different things and, and getting the players ready to be in position to have, have success. And I think that that's where, that's where we have failed to some degree. It, we just, you know, whether it's the drives and we, and we stop and we, and a lot of fourth down decisions that we have not made oftentimes the right decision. And that's something that you and I, Dave have, and Charlie have talked about many, many weeks here about some mm-hmm. of the decision-making on plays themselves, but also on situational plays, whether or not it's a, th- a third down or a fourth down play, what is the, what is the play call? Are we playing to win or are we playing not to lose? Bingo. And that's been the problem. And they're playing not to lose. I agree with you. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back and do the fast break coming up next. You're listening to the huddle on a three Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, guys? Good morning, Josh. All right, Josh. How are we doing? Good. How's Baker Mayfield? He's, <laughs> his bust is ready at Canton. That's all I'm oh going to say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's fire into some uh, fast breaks, if you will, because yeah. uh, we already know how the Bucks are going to do this year. Um, I'll start with you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Remember when Alex Goligoski scored the overtime winner last season in his 1,000th game, and he told fans in the postgame, just hang on and stick with us. We'll be better. We have a good group here. Boy, you're digging deep here. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I remember. Well, to be honest, how long are we going to wait? Because since November 7th, we have not won a game against yeah. Mr. Last time we won was November 7th. It was against Mr. 1,000 himself, Cal Clutterbuck, and the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, what is the biggest area of concern right now for uh, all out of all these issues for the Minnesota Wild? You know, it's a great question. If I knew that, I'd probably have a, a, a nice corner office over there. I, I do. Um, <laughs> it's. I'll, I'll say this: some of the teams that they have lost to a lot in in this stretch are very, very good Eastern Conference teams. Now, they lost to Dallas before they went to Sweden. I think was a little was. Not something that can be accepted, and I don't think that it was. Uh, more than anything, I just think that they need to get some of their main scores going again. And I I don't think Kirill Kaprizov has looked as, as good as he has, really going back to when he got injured last year against Winnipeg near the end of the season. He hasn't quite looked the same to me. I think some of this has to do with being healthy. Now they've got Freddie Gaudreau back. Think about the shootout losses, right? I mean, if you have Freddie Gaudreau in there, who's one of the best, who is the best guy on the wild in terms of shootout, maybe one of the best in the league in a shootout. And if you have Jared Spurgeon back there, you know, without those injuries, I think the season looks a little different. So I think we, they just have to get through this rut here, get everybody healthy again. And I do think they'll start to turn the season around a bit. How far around is a bigger question, but I don't have the answer to that one. Dave, the one thing I'd add to that is is this, uh, and you went right to the offensive side for, mm-hmm. for the Wild. I, I still just, I, I'm a little baffled just because last year, I remember we sat here, we talked about it each and every week about 
the goaltending, how good we were doing, and 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 what the defense looked like, and we just haven't looked that way. We're giving up too many goals. I know we need to score more. That's that's clear. But mm-hmm. we're giving up a lot of goals, and and that's something that last year we we did such a great job of with that that uh, I'm just sort of stunned that we are as poor as we are right now. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. Uh, we'll move on to this next question. Pete, we'll start with you. Minnesota plays Chicago. We'll dive into this game and more uh, JJ talk here in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to ask this question, given the schedule that is left for the Vikings compared to uh, the other NFC teams. Uh, how many games do you think the Vikings need to win of the remaining games to be a safe bet in the postseason, given there's so many below uh, 500 or below teams in the NFC? Maybe Eagles, 49ers, Lions are the only I guess three exceptions that are pretty much a lock for the playoffs. Uh, who do you? Uh, how many more games do you think the Vikings need to win uh, to kind of be in, I guess, a safe spot, if you will? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we've got to probably be double-digit wins. So I think, uh, you know, when I look at the schedule, though, guys, and, and I don't know what it looked like at the beginning of the year. And by the way, we have to play the Lions twice. So uh-huh. if the Lions are as good as we think they are, um, and they sometimes look dominating and sometimes they don't, I mean, Jared Goff, I got to give him the credit, all the credit in the world. When he throws three interceptions and they have a fumble and everything else and they still come back and have a victory, um, that says a lot about the team and the composure of what they've got. So I think if we have 10 wins, I think in our division, the Lions will take it, but I think that we're sitting right behind them. I'm not going to disagree with you. I I think 10 wins is a good number, and I I actually kind of think that it's a doable number. Mm-hmm. When you look at what they have left, but the Lions are twice, but you get the Raiders in there. You know, I mean, like Chicago, I think it's doable, but I think it's it's going to be tough. And we'll talk about it in a little bit. I, I don't think they can do it without Justin Jefferson being back in the lineup. And the Bengals without, uh, you know, their yeah. quarterback as well. T. So Higgins they... or uh, or uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just I, – I feel like there's so many just average – NFC teams compared to what we're normally used to this year. Yeah, I, I, obviously the AFC's kind of been the stronghold, the uh, stronghold conference in the NFL for quite some time now. But I, I just feel like the Vikings don't have to do, I guess, a whole lot because things have kind of fallen into place. That you know, a few weeks ago, I don't, I don't think anybody saw you know the different pieces falling into place. Like the Vikings have kind of had them fall, and I think it's kind of been a you know fortune, if you will, for the Vikings. But we'll kind of have to see. Uh, how that plays out. Uh, another question, Dave, we'll start with you looking at college, uh, the college football playoff picture. Uh, a sure lock at this point is basically Georgia and Michigan, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Washington, Washington State game yesterday at all. Yeah. I did not. Uh, that last drive was a little scary for Washington. Uh, Penix mm-hmm. threw two very, very close picks in that last drive that I think a lot of gave a lot of uh, Washington fans some uh, – medical issues, if you will. Uh, but they're able to pull out with a miraculous game-winning last-second kick to win it. Uh, is it maybe Washington? Is it maybe Ohio State still? I know Ryan Day has kind of shown that he cannot beat the big the big bad teams when it really, really matters. Uh, so I guess, uh, Dave, start starting with you, who are the other two teams to fill the spot? Uh, and maybe you just don't have the top two that I mentioned. Uh, how do you see the last four uh, playing out? Well, I think it's interesting because I think looking at this, it's it's fairly obvious what the top few teams are, right? I mean, we know it's going to be Georgia. We know it's probably going to be Ohio State, Michigan. Number four is where I start to wonder, is it Florida State? 
Is it Washington? It can't be Oregon. I, I just don't think it can be a, a one-loss team, I think, when you have so many undefeated teams. so And I don't – listen, I have not seen all of Florida State's games. I watched a little bit of the Florida State-Florida game yesterday. I don't know as, as much about Washington either, but I think, to me, that's the one spot where I'm not 100% sure. Is it Washington or is it Florida State in the fourth spot? I'm going to disagree with you, Dave, a little bit. Um, Please do. I think Oregon jumps jumps in there, and I think even even with Florida State, if they finish uh, with winning with without having a loss, what I don't like about Florida State is they lose the quarterback. Now the quarterback is a huge position; we all know that, especially in college football. And when you lose that guy, who's going to be a star in the NFL, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the kid is just absolutely impressive. But without him, it's a different team. And they struggled a little bit with Florida. We'll see. They still have one last game against Louisville. So that's that's another one that's going to be a pretty good challenge. But I'll tell you what. I think that Oregon team, I watched them again yet. They, they dominated Oregon State. And Washington really struggled with Washington State, as, as you were talking about, Josh. And so as good as Washington is, and I think they're outstanding, I'm going to say it's going to be Georgia. Uh, I'm going to say Ohio State stays there. Michigan stays there. And I think Oregon – if they beat Washington in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. in, in Las Vegas, I think that could be a – first of all, that'll be a fun game, but that yeah, puts them in that top four. Do you guys think Alabama still falls out of the conversation? I know that's kind of preposterous to think that they would, would possibly get in, but I've seen kind of worse scenarios with them getting into the picture, you know, with worse teams. So uh, how, do you, how do you see Alabama shaping out with this? For me, Dave, I would say this. I think Alabama's a great team. They made the mistake of that loss, and and that loss at home is what hurts them the most. I think when you look at Oregon, they lost to Washington. It was a hard-fought game. They they went for it on fourth down a few different times. I love the way the coach coached that game. Although, do you agree with those play calls? Everybody's going to have their own opinion. I just look at this and say – there's no way Alabama can do that after losing at home. When Oregon lost, they were in Washington for that game, and that was a great game against a team that's still undefeated. Well, and their only loss comes to an 11th-ranked team, but still, I, I just don't think – the thing that you always have going for you when you're Alabama or any SEC team is strength of schedule, right? I mean, look at how many ranked teams they play every year, but I just – I don't see it. I don't see a loss to a Texas team, and, and I don't even know that they're going to be able to get past Georgia. That should be a great game. Yeah. Yep. All right. There we go. Is that it? We're that all is done? it. That is it. Wow. What a weird, strange trip it was. Yeah. That Thanks, was fast, Josh. wasn't it? Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> love it. Love it. We'll take a quick break. Come back and wrap up hour number one. We'll go back to the Cities and Plumbing Talk and text line as well. You're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. Wait for it. There you go. You got to wait for the cowbell drop when it's uh, – <laughs> Don't fear the reaper. We need more cowbell. I always got to have more cowbell. Always got to have more cowbell. Welcome back to the huddle. 1050 on a Sunday morning, snowy Sunday morning. Uh, This week was Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving, Pete. I don't know about you. For for a sports fan, is it truly just the best holiday in the world where it's just solely about stuffing your face, (laughs) being with family and friends, and watching football? There's nothing better. There is nothing it's my it? favorite holiday. <laughs> yeah. My favorite you, holiday. You collapse on the couch. The trip to fan kicks in. Maybe yep. even if you had a couple of too many cocktail, whatever it is. But yep. and you're and you're watching football. It's, it's tough to beat. <laughs> I took two naps on Thanksgiving. It was great. I took one during. I actually just gotten up. And I took one during the parade, and then I took another one after the first 
uh, game of the afternoon, the first NFL game after the Packers-Lions. I took uh, two naps, and that was before we even ate dinner. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it, but it sparked me uh, thinking a little bit here. What are you thankful for? And, and I thought, well, let's have some fun with this like we like to do with wrong answers only. So what are in, in terms of sports – what are you thankful for in sports? And give us your wrong answers. We'll take them on the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Pete, yeah. what are you jokingly thankful for on this Thanksgiving uh, post-weekend? I am thankful for the fact that our Golden Gopher basketball team and Nebraska Husker basketball team are so dominant. They they have a combined ten and one record in men's college basketball and and the Gophers I I can't tell you how excited I am I mean we were able to beat Bethune oh we, yeah we beat the University of Texas although this is uh, San Antonio uh, the University <laughs> of South Carolina which is actually South Carolina upstate and we okay. also beat Arkansas although it's Arkansas Pine Bluff. So when I look very at very different schools, yes. Yeah, I look at the strength of our schedule. I, I feel really good about where we stand right now for go for basketball and and Nebraska. Kind of the same thing. You could put them together. By the way, Nebraska's undefeated, but uh, ten and one—that's a very impressive start. So I'm thankful for that. I love it, Josh. Do you are you ready or do you want me to go next? Uh, duh, I'm ready. Of course, I'm All ready. Right. What are you thankful for this holiday season? You know, not only am I thankful for you, Dave, and you, Pete, because, you know, the huddle is my life. Um, I am am thankful for the Minnesota Twins raising their payroll to their franchise high amount for next season and being the front runners for Shohei Otani. (laughs) God, I love it. I I wish that were true. I so wish it were true. So much money to spend. So much money. All right. I am thankful for uh, – we've gone a while without talking about him. I am thankful for Deion Sanders for wow. proving uh, that college football system and the transfer portal is a complete joke. He literally got rid of his entire team, brought in new guys, and made Colorado the talk of college football without actually having a good team, <laughs> which is incredible. They finished 4-8. and eight. Those four wins came against nobody, and everybody's talking about Deion Sanders and the amazing job that he did, at least for the first half of the season. They have game day there. They have The Rock. They have oh. everybody in Buffalo's gear. And But what they really are is a 4-8 and eight football team, who, by the way, will be reeling now that they lost the great Tim Brewster. <laughs> Tim Brewster has left the building He's in Colorado. He's left the building. It is the building in Colorado. Dave, what what I love about that one is I was the first guy on that bandwagon. And then then as time went by, I got so tired of game day and all these guys propping them up and Mm -hmm. making Colorado suddenly was a national title contender, right? They were ranked and they beat this incredible TCU team. Uh, They didn't turn out to be that great. (laughs) They, They beat Nebraska, not that great. Colorado State, not that great. And then it finally, the wheels started to come off. And when they came off, and they were they disrespected Oregon. That was a huge mistake. And by the huge. way, I'll just remind I'll remind everybody. Oregon beat them forty two to six. It could have been ninety. Yeah, <laughs> they could they could have they could have kept scoring, Dave. That could have been like the Miami game uh, 
in, at the NFL the... level where they got 70 points on Denver. <laughs> Let me ask you this then, Pete. If it's not D, De- if Deion Sanders isn't the coach there right now, uh-huh. is that coach comfortable after granted first season, granted everything that happened, but the, the going from being ranked mm-hmm. to being four and eight? <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, is, are you comfortable if you're not, unless you're Dion? Yeah, and, and and it's fortunate that he's Dion because he did bring a lot. And, you know, he will again. Uh, I, I think that they'll go into the portal. They'll figure out some more. They'll, yeah. they'll know where their weaknesses are. Uh, but I got to tell you, Dave, it still comes down to, to coaching. It still comes down to being, you know, great players and, and getting the best out of those players. And, and I don't know that, that they did that necessarily. I think early on, yeah, his son looked great, everything else. And, and there was a lot of excitement. He still has that great player that, that everybody's you know, going to want in the NFL at some point in time. But I don't know if they've got it all. I, I kind of feel like that's, you know, it's, it's something that could very easily collapse. And they could mm-hmm. go back down to not only being 4-8, and eight, but maybe, maybe even a little worse than that. They were 1-8 and eight in conference with one win against Arizona State. Yikes. Yeah. All right, we're taking your calls and texts. Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. You can weigh in on the Gophers. You can tell us what you're thankful for in sports this Thanksgiving Day season. But we'll go to the text line here to finish off hour number one. This is a long one, but a good one. Um, someone texting in saying, Common wisdom says that when you look around the poker table and can't point out the sucker, it is you. <laughs> Which is a great start. This will be the last Gopher football game team in many game in my many years uh won't deny the players uh should get this opportunity further which five wait it got split up here sorry 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 these split up on my screen as a fan with this new expanded conference we have to get used to winning one to three games per year face it we will never be a usc ucla ohio state or michigan never we're better off forming a new ncaa where nil is capped and shared get the bottom six to eight uh, Big Ten teams and the other Midwest teams like Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, Missouri, etc., to form a new NCAA where each team can be competitive and have some hope. Go Gophers! Pete Nigerian for athletic director. <laughs> I don't know how you texted and talked at the same time, Pete. Or who can... <laughs> That's a I mouthful. <laughs> That's a mouthful. You know, I've always thought this, though, Dave, uh, honestly. I, I honestly still to this day believe this. Uh, you can get there. You, you just have to do things right. And, and what I mean by that is it's, it's about recruiting. It's about the kinds of players that you have. But the other thing, and, and this is uh, a bit of a defensive thing for PJ, we don't compete when it comes to NIL. And, mm-hmm. and unless that day comes, unless they can finally figure it out and be smart enough to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cap it. Everybody still gets to do what they get to do, but you capped out at 5 million. If you can't mm-hmm. rate 5 million, it's your own fault, but whatever, or whatever that number is. But yeah. I think there has to be something there because how easy is it to see right now before our very eyes? Michigan's doing well, Ohio State's doing well, Alabama's doing well, Georgia's doing well, and they all have those huge NIL-type money to be able to get almost anybody that they want. They're literally just competing against one another, and then the rest of us are back to the backside just kind of waiting and hoping to get that you know, two-star guy. It's, yep. it's tough. It's tough. The future is bright 
for Gopher football. Maybe not so bright. But the future's bright for us. We'll be back. Other side of the break, hour number two of the huddle. Coming up next.